Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. PRS, supposedly famed for leaving the, 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 the factory with these beautiful gig-ready instruments, right? That's what everyone talks about. The concept that you're supposed to be able to take this guitar and go and gig it straight away. The action on this guitar was, was, was high. Like not, not like intermediate kind of a happy balance where some people might like a low action, some people might like a slightly higher one, so we'll compromise and we'll, we'll go in the middle and, and do an all- mm all comer kind of action really it was high really high yeah i was like this is weird Greetings, welcome back to the guitar smarts podcast if you're an everyday gigging guitarist this is the podcast for you this week we close out on our final thoughts from the London 2022 International Guitar Show and Kieran laments on a missed opportunity to buy a guitar he connected with just moments before the show closed its doors. Also this week Kieran gives us his field report after finally getting a chance to play a brand new PRS Silver Sky John Mayer signature guitar. Was it everything he'd hoped it would be or was he left disappointed? You'll find out if you listen on. Housekeeping, remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast app this way you will get alerts when a new podcast is released and that means you won't miss the next show if you have already liked and subscribed and listened to us regularly then use the link tree in the description of this show to leave us a rating or a review this is the best way to support us and help us to grow Use those links to get to our Buy Me A Coffee page too, if you do feel generous, and links to some of our Spotify playlists from previous episodes. Come and see us on the socials too, especially on the Guitar Geek Hangout page on Facebook, where you can interact with Kieran and myself, and many other guitar nerds just like us. That's about enough from me. Let's get to it. Kieran, mate, it's been a little while. Last time we spoke was at the actual uh, London Guitar Show, wasn't it? Yeah, you can't do this to me, man. We had like a we had like a spate of where it was like uh, going out to gigs, going to guitar shows, like <laughs> you know, doing podcast recordings, and then all of a sudden we've we've, we've let life get in the way and back to normal yeah, for a couple no. of weeks. I'm having I'm having Matthew Oliver withdraw. <laughs> <or something. laughs> 
<laughs> well, we need to get some more gigs in the diary for sure, because that was a good good gig. Yeah, that, not just kinking, but I mean, obviously, uh, the damn truth that that supported them. Um, they were really cool. But I just really enjoyed being mm. out at a gig at a decent venue as well. In fact, I was looking at that venue. Like yeah. when you find a nice yeah. venue, sometimes I you kind of I go like to to the venue webpage and see what's on, and just think, well, I'd quite like to go exactly. and store to that venue exactly. again anyway, regardless of who's playing. So see if anybody decent's yeah. coming up. And uh, they've got quite a few interesting gigs coming up with like tribute bands and things like that and, mm-hmm. and various other like talks. They do a lot of, they host mm-hmm. a lot of talks and things like that though, lectures, which sounds quite interesting. So yeah, diversifying. I guess that's the way you've got to survive, right? If you're a venue in the modern world, you've got to diversify a little bit. Can't mm-hmm. all be live music and beer, you know? Um I, I believe the children of today call it side hustles. Side hustles, that's right. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> side hustle. <laughs> Sounds strange, doesn't it? But I, it does sound a little bit like yeah. we were we were gonna review the um just just kind of cover the, the London guitar show a little bit again. But do you know what I found out something really interesting, literally just an hour or two ago. And um yeah. oh, at least it's interesting to me. Um, and that is, do you remember we were talking to the guys at Scan Pro Audio um, about, oh, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. about their guitar? They got this new range of guitars called Ferkel of Guitars, and um, and I just mm-hmm. I just did some research into the team there, and it occurred to me that um, the guy that the Scan Pro Audio team. First name mentioned there's a guy called Steve yeah. Ferklough, and I thought I did know that. I did check that's that right. a that's while right. back. I was kind of like, okay, so that's that's who they've named the guitar range after the Ferklough guitars. It's the guy who's running yeah. Pro Audio, and then yeah. and then I read into it further, and it said you know throughout the nineties he worked as a worldwide demonstrator for uh, Takamini, uh, Park, and Cog keyboards, and I, I suddenly right. had this click. I was like, Steve Ferklough. Yeah, I'm pretty certain I remember listening to some of his music on like Total Guitar Tracks back when I was learning how to play. Okay. So, right, considering I have, <laughs> so you, he's reached behind him. What is he preparing? And I've got, I've got, got here from my from my very small collection. I have issue twenty of Total Guitar, which is from July right. 1996, and and this is the first one I grabbed, and and so you know just. I'm absolutely correct. <laughs> right, here's a review of the Takamine, Takamini uh, EF261S electroacoustic guitar, uh-huh. which at that time could be purchased for £795. Yeah. Got a fantastic review, right. sound was brilliant, and the demo was by Steve Ferklough. There's a track called Fur Enough. How does your mind work? And, uh, and I just, How does your I, I, mind do that? Yeah, I know. And I also think he did He did some other... Uh, he, did, he appeared on Total Guitar almost on a monthly basis doing demos for things like acoustics and for Korg right. FX and things like that. He did the, the you know, yeah. the Parker Fly and stuff like that. So I, it's been... You know, I think it's been in the back of my mind all this time that actually... You know, we were talking about this new range of guitars from Scan Pro Audio, right? About how yes. they're yes. like a you know a UK based rival for people like Harley Benton, but in a much smaller range. But exactly, you know, I think um, what this goes to prove is, you know, the the man behind the brand, or the certainly the man whose name is on the brand, he's got a serious heritage in 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 this industry yes. it's not just it's not just a guy at the top of a at the top of a chain of management within a you know <laughs> a company that's got the, the you know the idea to try and create a range of guitars but this is a man who's got 
albums and albums of fingerstyle acoustic music and pop music out in that from his past he's demoed extensively for some of the biggest brands in the industry and it's actually you know it's re- kind of i've kind of got re-excited about this new brand you know, <laughs> okay. a little yeah. bit because i'm kind of like yeah. you know, i want to try him out yeah. again you know because it, it, this mm. this is a guy who's had his hands on some of the best of the best instruments for the last three decades at least you know um so I, I'm sure that he's having the final say so on how good these instruments are when they come out. And uh, I want to get my hand on the acoustics. That's the one thing you see I regret when we're at the guitar show is I didn't try out the acoustics. That was and, one of my regrets. Yeah. And yeah. I think I want to get my hands yeah. on the so acoustics. That was, so, so I've had some reflections post guitar show as well, because we managed okay. to, we managed to um, st- steal a few moments, didn't we, mm. while we were there and just get kind of at our like halfway point through the yeah. show where we'd done a quick blitz round. We'd had a quick scope of the, the, the lay That's of the right. land. We spent half an hour yeah. queuing for Wrapped a sandwich. What- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next time. Like, I said this the time I went the year before, it was like bring a packed lunch because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, the catering services there are just dire, absolutely dire. Mm. Anyway, but we stole a few moments to ourselves and found, found a little booth and, and did some recording. But we then went on to, uh, to walk around the show for a good, couple of hours more and mm. um you know met the team at crimson guitars big highlight for me meeting ben there that was that was awesome that was cool what a, what a dude what a dude um and then yeah checked out a few more guitars and and and, and had a look around and yeah it was it was good it was good man it was good i was i had a really good day it was good to spend the day with you going around mm. and just like looking at stuff and trying stuff out um oh man i ended up i ended up like walking away from a guitar that now is going to add, be added to the list of ones oh that got my away. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? I was, do you know what made me sad for you is that you oh. clearly connected with that guitar as soon as you picked it up and you chose not to go for it. I and did. I think because you'd already satisfied that, you'd satisfied your buying kind of bug in your mind because you'd managed to pick up that pedal. Yes. Um, and I think you'd put it yeah. down on kind oh, of. Oh, like, so we need to talk about that we as need well. To talk about yeah. that, of course. Yeah. yeah, but I think you'd kind of you'd sat, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you'd put that guitar down, and then afterwards, you, when you asked me about what was that guitar, I thought you clearly having a little bit of like a buyer's remorse kind of thing of, of not having bought that guitar. But it was I felt sad because once we'd figured out what the guitar ball was and we'd searched for it, it's just not available anywhere, <laughs> is it? So, yeah, it's like that it's might gone. that one might it's have been the last one gone. in the country. In and existence it, anywhere. And I can't even yeah. find out who yeah. the retailer was that it was that it was on a stand for. It was next to no. ATB guitars. No. Just behind those guys, behind all the vintage yeah. stuff. But it was, and you know, I've looked at it a couple of times yeah. as well since I've been like, that is actually a beautiful guitar. Really, really nice, different instrument. It was a Court Zen, Zenom. Do you remember, what, do you remember what the model was? Thank you. Yeah, Court Zen, or Zenox. I think it was a Zenox. So sort of a Z. Court Zen, it, Zenox. Yeah. And it was yeah. a Z42 in black. Yeah. So really, almost a metal looking thing, but actually quite a. You know, kind of like yeah. those um, yeah. EMG style pickups, not em- actual EMGs, but through body, tunatic kind yeah. of thing going on. Just a really cool looking guitar. Very ergonomic looking, some really cool cutouts and things. Sorry, I'm making it worse for you. It was a sec. Yeah, <laughs> you are, man. I'm reminiscing now. Well, well, do you know what it was, right? Because we, we went around the guitar show. I mean, and it's literally like. 
it's it's worse than kids in a candy oh. store, right? Because yeah. once you've had your candy fix, you kind of like I feel a bit sick now, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to stop eating candy. But for for, for yeah. us, it was just literally an all day extravaganza of just looking at the things that make us happy, right? And um, so we went there clearly with a, with a with a, a mindset that. You know, we might buy something, and, we, and you know, something might might jump out at us. And there was lots of lovely things that I saw, but it, again, trying to keep my gas uh, syndrome <laughs> in check and, and not just just purchase unnecessarily. I was like being very measured and very tempered with it, and going, eh, you know, there's some stuff that looks cool and that excites me. You know, some of the um, the court um, bat uh, guitars that we saw, or, or they the yes. G twenty, oh yeah, G two ninety fat. I think they were, and they had Thank the fat ones. Fat twos and the fat ones. Yeah. Great guitars. And they had a good deal. Lovely on roasted as well. maple necks. They yeah. did. So, so they were nice. And then we saw everything from, from that kind of range, all through the Luthier built, like custom stuff, um, all the way through to, to ATB that had like these 59 and 60s bursts, like original bursts. So we had the full spectrum in front of us. And I was like, well, look, I'm not, I'm, you know. If I, if I wanted to buy something today, what would it be? And I kept looking around and kept looking around and thinking, eh, yeah, it's, it's good. But like you, uh, when you've bought and got a, a number of guitars, you get to a point where you go, okay, but for something else to be bought, it needs to be something that excites me in that way. Yeah. And for some reason, that black court Xenox or whatever it's called that we saw was just like a... Court's version of a Les Paul, but they'd ergonomically done beautiful stuff to the like back heel of the the, the neck where it joins the body. The contouring on the body was great. Mm. It had EMG pickups in it. It had a beautiful gloss finish, and I'm pretty certain it had that kind of like exposed wood binding, like you normally where you get the plastic mm. binding that goes round on a Les Paul. But they'd done it in this one where like it was like scrape. almost like a yeah yeah yeah, and it with a, with a flame on in the binding that you yeah. could see. And it was going for something silly, like two hundred and fifty quid or something. Was that it? It was, it was just it was... you'd buy that all day long. I was surprised I you didn't buy it. I was surprised you didn't. I'm I surprised it... I didn't buy it. But why don't? Why is that, Karen? Have you thought about that since? Why didn't you buy it? Is it because just because I... you, you've not been in the mindset for buying a guitar for a while anyway? Have you? I, I don't know if that's no, part of it. No. Yeah. No, because everything I pick up, and we'll talk about this again a bit more, because I've been to a guitar shop since okay. then as well. Oh yeah. Everything disappoints me. <laughs> yeah. Everything disappoints me. Um, Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not so, strictly true. <laughs> or, or rather, the bar's a bit higher. Maybe the bar's a bit higher. And it's the whole right. thing of the cost of living crisis and stuff going yeah. on. Again, I've been looking on eBay and looking at the used market. People are asking stupid money for for guitars and and mm. things, and you know. When you've got the likes of Gibson, who I'll, who I'll get to again for, for a little beating this this episode on what they're, mm. they're kind of charging and stuff. For things. Man, I should you have brought some popcorn with me today, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. I think I didn't buy it, mate, because as beautiful as it was, I thought, do you know what? It was getting pretty late in the day by then, wasn't it? It was probably about 10, 15 minutes left of the show to go. And I hadn't had a chance to sit down and properly play it. And um, I'd already got something that day, which had fulfilled yeah. my yeah. my needs. So do you remember I spoke about on the show a couple of months back, this um, pedal by Funny Little Boxes. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the 1991, the Pearl yeah. Jam one. Um well, that obviously, because it went through a huge boost in popularity, it was running out of stock and yet to 
queue up and get a you know join a list and all of that and then the chap Andy at uh, Funny Little Boxes um, you know uh, had, a, had a period off work so then the waiting list got a bit 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 longer so anyway I kind of um, had my had my order placed and I knew it was going to be arriving in the next month or so because stock levels and stuff were coming back online and and everything so that was cool and then we were at the show and um, we'd missed it this the first time round but I, we bumped into somebody at the, at the cafeteria who had in their hands the <laughs> funny little boxes 1991 pedal and I, and, I, and I pretty much jumped on them and I was like where did you get one of those? Sorry to interrupt this conversation however if you've made it this far you should definitely subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast app go and do that now then come right back welcome back uh, you know, thinking they might be at the show selling it or or whatever, because yeah. they're going for silly money on eBay yeah. um, because they they were in they were in short supply. <clears throat> and it was like, oh, the guy's here; he's he's selling them here. And I thought, oh, well, I've had mine on on back order for a while. I didn't realise he was going to be here and yeah. and all of this. So I thought, right, I better go and find him. Um, <laughs> So we went and found him. Yeah. What, a lo- what a lovely guy. Amazing. Uh, really nice Told chat. him that I had one on order. Yeah. I told him I had one on order. And he was like, oh, well, why don't you just take one here? And so he looked up my order on his phone, could see that I'd placed the order. Yeah. And he just went, well, here you go. Take it now. Here it is. And then, bless him, reached into his pocket and pulled out a good chunk of change and put it in my hand and went, well, there you go. There's no point um, me charging you for the postage that I'd originally charged you. <sighs> Because because you're here and picking it up. How nice is that? Uh, what a gentleman. What, what an absolute, absolute gentleman. gentleman. Yeah. What a gentleman. But how so is yeah, it? so I got my pedal. Okay. I don't know. Oh, okay. oh I mean, I don't know. Um it's sitting there on my yeah. on my side uh table yeah. here where yeah. all my little my pedals are displayed. Yeah. Um in, in pride possession. I've got the Velcro on the back of it, ready mm-hmm. to go on the board. And I literally I've just, just been either gigging or with the family and yeah. um uh, I need to figure out where it's going to integrate on my board and, yeah. and just spend a bit of time just getting to know the pedal. So, yeah, it's been like two weeks and I haven't even plugged the thing in yet to try yeah. it. So that's on the to-do list for next next week is, yeah. is give it a go on its own and then see where it will integrate on the board um, for, for the next gig. So, but yes, thank you very much. Funny little boxes. Yeah. Is, uh, I'm so pleased you managed to pick that up. I'm so pleased because it was um, yeah. it was you were yeah. you, you were raving about it when you first mentioned it, and I knew that obviously he'd had his reasons for not being able to fulfil you know his demand at that time. You know he'd had some personal health issues, hadn't he? Which he thank, thankfully mm. he's he's absolutely mm. fine now. It was great to see him looking so well. Um, but yeah, I was so pleased for you when you managed to pick it up because you you were kind of like you said after you picked it up, you're like that's. Brilliant. I feel like I've bought something now from the guitar show. I don't have to worry about <laughs> feeling like I'm going away with nothing kind of thing. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. No, the weird um, thing was is I left with something and more money than I came to the guitar show with because it was hundred <laughs> part of the price. So bless That's it. a good point, actually. Um, I know, I left with yeah. more. But yeah, but no, I thought I didn't... Uh, I, the other reason I didn't buy that core is I thought I don't really know anything about this guitar other than it looks super lovely mm. and it's reasonably cheap. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what? Um, we're running out of time. We've been here all day. Um, I'll um, make a mental note of it and then have a look online and, and get back in touch with the yeah. um, the, the the seller that's here and say, oh, I saw your guitar sh- guitar at the guitar show. Can I can I buy it and 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 do it that way? Anyway, got home, couldn't remember the guitar, couldn't remember the seller at the show, 
and then um, thanks, th thanks to your diligence and kind of piecing bits together, we eventually found the guitar, and it's a discontinued line from 2017. So, yeah, it's the one that got away. Well, I was literally yeah. like I, I, trying to search for it. I was like, I, I'm like, in the back of my mind, I thought it was a court, but I couldn't see the model on their website. So, I even went as far as to kind of go, well, who's the biggest kind of online sales? Of you know guitars, I think it's Taman, Taman probably something like that. So I even went on there. Oh yeah, yeah, and, was, yeah. and did like a search for black single cut electric guitars, and then was just going through page <laughs> after page of trying yeah. to find that one. And then and then I was kind of like, no, I think it was a court. And then I started searching for court guitars, yeah. and and it turns out it's one that they I don't think they make anymore. But you could still find the page for it on their website. You just yeah. couldn't find it if you were going yeah. searching their website. You had to Google it correctly to get the link, that's it. and then found it that way. And like that's definitely one because it was it's it's a really lovely design of a guitar, but it's quite unique in that it's got like the through body stringing even though it's got a tunomatic bridge yeah. and it's quite wide for a les paul yeah. style single cut thing it's a bit, a bit of a wider body between that you know probably somewhere closer to like a mm. 339 width rather than a les paul you know like that kind of a smaller es yeah, style kind of width you know, it seemed like a slightly bigger body than than other guitar but it's it's a it's, you know fair play to court they make some fantastic instruments that's uh, just another one there, which was... Um, they really do. And, uh, but I, do you know and it had EMGs in it, which I still can't find. I can't even find one with EMGs in it that came stock with EMGs. So this so that was an upgrade. That was an upgrade. So that one would have been an upgrade to you EMGs. Think? Yeah, because if you go on Court's website and find that page, it doesn't come with EMGs. It comes with Court-style no. um, uh, pickups, Court pickups that are meant to look Unlikes. like EMGs. Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. not the EMGs. So that's somebody who's upgraded it. And also, I think, I think you, you know, I'm I hate to say it, Kieran. <laughs> I hate to say it, you know, I mean, if you're going to get a deal on a guitar, it's in the last yeah. 10 minutes of the guitar show before yeah. they're packing everything up. He's just about to pack sure, it up. And man. if what he's got it there era. for, if for 250, Seriously? 300 quid, you could have said, you know, 190, and he might have snapped Hello, your hand mate. off I, just to get it. Make sure he's not packing take it, it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally made every mistake in the book there. Yeah, Seriously, learn from my mistakes, people. <laughs> The guitar show price is going to be the cheapest price because because it is. Mm. You might the whole point of that type of guitar show is you get stuff that you don't normally get everywhere. So, point yeah. in case, yeah, not that I knew it at the time, but this was a discontinued blooming line from 2017. I'm going to find this guitar yeah. by the by the power of the Guitar Smarts podcast. <laughs> I'm going to find this guitar somehow. <laughs> And it will be mine. In true Wayne's yeah. World fashion, it will be mine. How do we find this guitar? Right. Yeah. We well, need to... Yeah. <laughs> to the power of the many. <laughs> I'm going to have to contact the, the, the International Guitar Show London and get a floor plan of exhibitors. Yeah. I remember where it was on the exhibitor floor That's plan. right. So you then if I that. get their name, then I can see Sherlock. Sherlock. You can do this, I'm man. on it. You're like Luther. You're I'm like, you know... <laughs> Lucifer? No, not Lucifer. <laughs> no, I'm not. That. I'm, I'm no. definitely not that good. <laughs> uh, Steve Lucifer Skywalker. Um, right, that's my mission now. That's your mission, mission now. Has, for my sure. mission has become tuning guitar smarts audience. I will that's go it. on an elusive hunt to find this guitar. It will be mine. <laughs> it will oh be mine. dear! Speaking of guitar hunts, um, tell yes. me about your recent trip to a guitar store. What? 
What's what's the deal, right? Since you've been, this is for the first time in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know if I should say the guitar store or not. Well, it depends, Um, you know. I'm going to. I'm going to because it's one of my, if not my favourite guitar stores of all time. And okay. the thing, the things I will say, I don't think are a discredit to them. They're a no. fantastic store with fantastic customer service, and I've bought many guitars off them in in the past. So, um, <laughs> when I used to live in uh, the, the town of Farnham in uh, uh, Surrey, yeah, uh, UK, um, uh, this was my my local guitar store. I no longer live in that town, but. Uh, my dentist is still in that town. So uh, I still drive back there periodically to go to my dentist. Yeah. It would just it would just so happen that the reason I haven't moved dentists and make <laughs> and make a two hour round trip to go to my dentist when there are perfectly viable dentists where I now live is because said dentist also happens to be next door to, to, to my to my favorite favorite guitar store. So, you know, uh, I'm one of the only people that gets really excited when I get a call saying, uh, good afternoon, sir. You are due for your regular six monthly checkup um, with the hygienist <laughs> or with the dentist. I'm like, yes, get in. That's They're it. like, this guy's a little bit weird. <laughs> why, why is he so excited? It's got nothing to do with the dentistry. No, absolutely it's not. everything to do with the fact that I can uh, make a day of it, shall we say, <laughs> and get myself a coffee and have a little wander around. There you go. So that's what I did. That's, that's fantastic. That's such a great uh, reason to stay with a particular dentist. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cost, it cost me a fortune in fuel to get there and back, but, you know, hey-ho. Uh, he's a good dentist, though, yeah. so that is cool. Um, so, first thoughts, beautifully stocked as ever, Guitar Village in Farnham. Mm-hmm. Stunning stock, as, as always. Really lovely that they do everything from, like, the entry-level... Uh, instruments, you know, the things that we've been talking about from core and, you know, Epiphone stuff and all of that, all the way mm-hmm. up to as expensive as you want to go. You know, they've got, and I love the fact that you start off on the ground floor with all of that kind of accessible yeah. stuff and the, and the more you wind your way up the staircases into these little hidden hidden yeah. rooms and alcoves, the more the more kind of rare and beautiful things become. It's it's, it's a cool store. It's like, it's a really it's cool like store. some kind of game, isn't it? Where you know the, the further in, you know, the harder it is to steal, the more expensive stuff. You know, that's it. <laughs> Not that's that encouraging, Steve. So, uh, yeah, so they, it is laid out like that. No, for sure, for sure. Do you know what? I just uh, sorry sure. to interrupt, but I've got to say one of the things I love about yeah. Guitar Village is. It, it's the only music store I've ever been in that could be a museum. I mean, you could literally, you could take the yes. price tags off everything and you could change the sign outside from yeah. Guitar Village to Guitar Village Museum and it would be a working museum yeah. because it's such a beautiful building, beautiful yeah, yeah. old and well-cared-for cool. building and it just feels like you're inside history when you're in there. You know, I think that... It's almost an nice experience thing, yeah. itself being at that store. It's a beautiful guitar store. It really is. It really is. And they've, and they've gone back to stocking a lot of Gibsons now, as well as everything else from PRS to Fender to Music Man. Yeah. And then to they've got a lovely um, secondhand room now as well. They always did secondhand gear, but now they've got a dedicated room, which is all kind of pre-owned stuff, but some really lovely pieces mm. in there as well. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, just a good mooch around. If you, fan- if you fancy meeting up tomorrow for a coffee, mate, we can go there. I think I've got a free pass from the wife, so I might I might be heading back there tomorrow, or another guitar store. I'm I'm, I'm, into, I'm into guitar stores at the moment. Uh, so what did I what did I experience there? Um, well, I ambled into one of the rooms, which mm-hmm. was uh, a little PRS room. Okay. So some PRS SEs and all kinds of lovely little PRS goodness and yeah. hollow bodies and did they have the one there that had, a, had had like the did they have the no. Bi- no they didn't have that one in the green no was it the, no they, yeah. that's right yeah. in the the Ariza Verdi I think it was that's something it. it was called with the um, twenty four oh eight electronic switch yeah so yeah exactly then so, no they didn't have one of those but there was a whole corner set up and ready to go with various you know guitars hanging from the wall and on stands and it was a whole smattering mm. my friend a whole smattering of john mayer silver sky prs model Ooh. guitars finally not, then not the se not the, the se the full fat the full fat the USA full fat version. versions okay. in a whole range of different colors just sat there and me in an empty room and me going oh okay right then Right. The time has come. So to, pa- to, pause to... there, right? I, I want to know now from you, what was going through your mind before you tried those guitars out? What were you thinking? Were you thinking like, this is awesome, I'm going to really now understand the hype of these guitars, or were you sceptical, or were you, yeah. you were sceptical? Or, you know, what, what? No, no, I was just, I was exactly the former. I okay. was like, oh, brilliant, I've got a bit of time here. Um I'm going to try some some stuff out. I I, I didn't have the, a huge amount of time because I'd also seen something else that while I was wandering around, which I was like, oh, I want to make some time to to, to try that. But mm-hmm. okay, let, we've got to we've got to try one of these these silver skies, right? So um, I sat myself in a chair, and the guys there are really cool. You know, if it's if it's not a locked in instrument where they need to come in and you know unbolt it or whatever from the mm. from the security uh, cage. Or, or straps, then, then you know, you're pretty free to just pick it up and, and sit and have a play. And, and, and these weren't locked up. They were just mm-hmm. there. With, so I thought, okay, fine, right. Well, I'll sit on this chair and I'll, and I'll have a look at it first. So picked it off the, the, the rack and then looked it around. I don't know what I was expecting, mate. I don't know whether I was expecting it to, to start playing itself or just all of a sudden emit some kind of angelic like light and and kind of, you know, did you play Chorals. slow dancing? Well, I first, I first gave it a look over, yeah. and I went, "Okay, just, just a quick cursory look over." Yeah. Um, but very, very quickly, just put it in my hands, and it was a maple board one. I must okay. say, they, they did they or they only had maple board ones, not um, none of the rosewood boards ones in, 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 that I could see. So anyway, I, I, I put it in my hands. And I strummed a chord, and I was like, okay, whoa. Okay, first thing, that's completely out of tune. So, fine, right, let's tune it up. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Guitars go out of tune. Not an issue. Tuned it up. Played it again. Still out of tune. Okay, right, let's just stretch these strings in a little bit. Stretch them in, tune it up. Okay, it's kind of holding tune at the moment, but not, not really. These strings need stretching in a lot more. The action, I mean, PRS supposedly famed for leaving the, 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 the factory with these beautiful gig-ready instruments, right? That's what everyone talks about. The concept that you're supposed to be able to take this guitar and go and gig it straight away. 
the action on this guitar was 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 high like not not like intermediate kind of a happy balance where some people might like a low action some people might like a slightly higher one so we'll compromise and we'll, we'll go in the middle and, and do an all mm. all comer kind of action really it was high really high yeah i was like this is weird tuned tuned to, to kind of standard pitch neck relief there was a bit that could come out of in, in in there overall the action was was high and then when i started doing bends on this thing it was like it was a scratchy feeling to underneath the, the, the guitar string yeah. on the fret and i looked and i was like that can't be right because these frets look look gleaming so why am i getting that kind of scratchy feeling to it and and i thought hold on maybe i'm playing an se that that's what it is. This must be an SE. Sure, the, the, setup, <laughs> yeah. the setup's not right. This is this is just not. So I looked at no. This was a two and a half thousand pound John Mayer Silver Sky, which I was expecting to just feel and play like butter. And I thought, well, that is that is just really really disappointing. I've I've picked up a, you know Mexican made strats off the shelf that that felt better i definitely from a from a like just impact perspective picked up american standard strats that just oozed a bit more mojo than than mm-hmm. this you look over it and it is a it is a beautifully made instrument the appointments on it like the machine heads and things are are, are wonderful but overall, it just looked like a pretty basic strat, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then the setup on it was just nothing special. And and to this point, I was so disappointed that I didn't even bother plugging it in. I just thought, Do you know what that that has disappointed me that much. I'm going to go and spend my time looking at something else. And another day, I'll come back and sit down and try one of these properly with a rosewood board, which would be one that I would go for in any case. And I want to a b it with the Silver Sky SE, see right. to see what the point point difference is. Yeah. But I I have never been more disappointed in picking up a two and a half grand instrument than I than I have wow. with that one. And that's and that's no that's no diss to the guitar store who are fantastic. No. This was clearly an out of the box guitar put on put on the rack, which they would be able to set up to perfection and mm-hmm. and make it make it make it wonderful and, and all of that because they've got great guitar techs there and, and and all of that. But that's not what I expect from a two and a half grand guitar off the shelf for it to feel really lackluster. Mm. Man, that's what a disappointment. Go. I mean, I feel I feel oh, bad for oh, you. I, Joe, I feel bad for you because. You know, right from when those guitars came out, not just the SE version, but which we spoke about at the beginning of the year, if you remember, um, but um, right from when the original guitars came out years ago, we t- we talked then about getting together and to go and try them out because, you know, it's for the first, mm. it was an interesting take on the Strat for the first time in a while. And to finally now get your hands on one and to, and to have that kind of lackluster and experience with it, it's really disappointing. But do you know what? I've often wondered how Paul Reed Smith feels about those guitars. Because as someone who's built his career and his business on being the alternative to the, you know, the 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 Fenders and the Gibsons of the industry, as somebody mm-hmm. who's here to say this is something that stands up just as well as what they make um, but it's not the same thing and has grown and grown and grown into this 
one of the big players in industry, and then now John Mayer comes along, and um, and and after just a few years, his biggest selling guitar of all time is now just a Strat. You know, mm. I wonder mm. how he feels. I wonder if if Paul Reed Smith ever thinks that. I wonder if he ever thinks I've spent all this time developing these instruments that people love <laughs> and that are, that are amazing and are an alternative. And now the biggest selling guitar I've ever made is a Strat. I wonder how he feels mm. about that. And maybe he just thinks, mm. do you know what? Maybe he just thinks, you know what? That guitar is now paying to keep the doors open and the wages for everyone who makes all the other guitars wow. for me. Maybe, but and I we, don't know. we've seen some some <clears throat> guitar manufacturers come under pressure, right? Even well-established ones of, of late because of of exactly that. So maybe the fact that this, maybe he looks at it and goes, "This is the guitar that saved my business in terms of at least, you know, not saved his business, but yeah, kept the money coming in when everything else around is getting getting." Getting tight, but I'm I'm not I'm not leaving it there oh, okay. because I, I I'm I I think like with anything in life, this was a an isolated, potentially bad first experience with because mm. I can't be wrong I can't be right on this I must be wrong yeah. because this is singularly the most popular guitar arguably in the last couple of years. It can't all be like that. Uh, it has to be an isolated. They can't be. They can't be. I think it must be an isolated experience. Although I will say, um, <clears throat> one of the friends of our show who recently uh, was the lucky recipient of a uh, an owner of a now beautiful um, brand new Clapton uh, Blackie Strat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> tried one of these and and <clears throat> and um, and and was a bit meh with the Silver Sky. Yeah, but I just thought, well, he's not a John Mayer fan anyway, no. so it's you know, and and, and there, it was always the Clapton Strat was always going to win. Mm. But I've played that Clapton Strat, and it hasn't been set up by me yet. It's fresh out of the box set up, mm. and it's and it's stunning. I could improve it, and I could tweak it, and I could I could get an extra five ten percent out yeah. of it, yeah, um, for sure. But that's what you expect, even with a, a you know two three four grand instrument. That's just that's just refining and personalizing. Mm. That that PRS Silver Sky, I would have needed to have spent some good time to get yeah. it close to what I would say would be an acceptable setup, and then refine it further from there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an isolated incident. Yeah. So one of the things I'm going to do this weekend because I have got some time this weekend is I'm going to do a follow up to this bit of conversation because <laughs> I'm going to go back to another guitar shop this weekend and I'm going to try try a couple more out and I'm going to see if I can get the SE as well mm. and, and do a bit of abing because I've got to be wrong about this. I've waited all, all through lockdown to try one of these. They they, mm. they must be as, as good as everyone's saying. They have to be. They really I mean the the sales would speak for themselves, wouldn't they? But saying that, yeah, you know, I mean you know John Mayer fans will buy, you know, the same thing that John Mayer buys. Whether it's any good or not, I think. Um, I'm I'm you know that's a mm. sweeping generalization. I know, <laughs> but I think he, he does have a lot of strength in the you know yeah, in, that, yeah. in that brand yeah. in in you know in in any yeah. brand that he decides to get behind. I should say yeah. he's such an influential yeah. guitarist. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I think you need to do some. Yeah. yeah, you do need to do some wider research, don't you? Just kind of for sure man. try some other. I mean, other I didn't same. even plug it in. I was. 
I was so taken aback and so disappointed. I was like, I don't even want to plug you in. What I will say is though, when I strummed it and played it acoustically without even plugging it in, it did have a beautiful resonance and liveliness to it, which made me realize that this Mm. would sound great plugged in. You know, when you just strum a guitar, you know, acoustically without plugging it in and you go, Ooh, there's something to this. It did, it did sing. It did, it it did come to life, but it was just so, so badly set up in my opinion that, I just didn't want to take it any further that day. And because there was something in the next room that I wanted to try out even more. Right. Um, what was that? So in the next room, they had a, uh, the, a, a previously used section and they had, which is quite rare because you don't find this. And these guitars don't get enough airtime, particularly in the UK, maybe in the Far East, etc., where you've got access to them. Um, and occasionally we get shipments into the UK, but it's really rare and not all dealers do them. But they had a... Uh, Tokai Love Rock um, mm-hmm. guitar, Les Paul, Jap- Japanese made one okay. in uh, in Guitar Village. <clears throat> a few years old, okay. basically mint, basically mint condition. Yeah, right, completely mint condition. Few years old, full fat Japanese built Les Paul, mm. all the bells and whistles. This was the guitar that Gibson had a major issue with because of how good it was <laughs> a copy of exactly. their, le- if they, their they were one Gibson's. of the first they had a, they actually raised a lawsuit against weren't they Tokai they were called the lawsuit yeah. model for a That's long right, time yeah. those love rods so this is a good few years old now you know Tokai is still producing these and you know I'm a fan of the Tokai made in China ones which you can get a little bit more readily but still not yeah. not that that often uh, I mean, those are the Les Pauls that I'm gigging at the moment, which I've done a f- few mods to, but they're just phenomenal guitars. And the mm. quality and, and build control of those is overseen by the Japanese anyway. Mm. It's just that that they're assembled in China and then and then Japanese quality control, but it's got all Japanese parts and specs on it, just not fully made in, in Japan. So, But the real Japanese ones, brand new, go for 1,200, 1,300 quid. Yeah. Um, when you can get them so mm-hmm. brand new with case everything all of that which immediately is a thousand pounds less than the gibson equivalent yeah standard, absolutely right? yeah um and, and but we're talking you know incredible like custom shop style guitars but i've I've not tried one of these um before the full fat japanese one this used one was 900 quid in guitar village wow mint condition absolutely mint mm-hmm. condition not a mark on it um, beautiful cherry ah, sunburst, okay. beautiful flame top, mm. um, just stunning, mm. absolutely stunning. So anyway, got that uh, <clears throat> kind chap there, uh, Richard, set me up with a nice amp, little black star, plugged it in, and then said, A, B, this versus the real thing and see what you think. So he pulled me down one of the, the, the new 1950 standards okay. by Gibson, put that in the Tokai in front of me and said, here you go. Check it out. He said, I hope you like the Gibson more. That's what I'd like you to like more because obviously it's phenomenally Still more money. £2,000, yeah. Um, and so it was also a chance for me to, to have a real deep dive into Gibson's latest kind of Les Pauls and see, you know, what is is the quality better? Are they producing better guitars now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now they're under new management and all of that. So what I would say is that the Gibson was very good. Yeah, really nice. Actually, one of the nicest Gibsons that I've played. So clearly, the and this was you know off the shelf quality is back up. Yeah, it was very it was very good. Mm-hmm. Stupid money for what it is. You know, considering a few years ago, this type of guitar would have been at least seven hundred, eight hundred pounds cheaper mm-hmm. as this price. Mm-hmm. So they've put all the prices up, but it was a good guitar. 
but it was still, you know, the best part of nearly a thousand pounds more than this Tokai, mm. albeit. Uh, and um, oh, sorry, I should have said the Gibson was a used one as well. It was an oh. ex demo one, so it had it had money off it anyway. Okay, but the to- the Tokai was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, the only thing that stopped me buying that Tokai on the day was that it had the big fat fifties chunky neck right, okay you prefer a 60s uh, kind of profile the slimmer yeah like a like a 59 yeah. to 60s kind of so the 60s taper is pretty slim the kind of 59 one is a little bit kind of medium mm. slim which is my my preference and but this was more like a 58 kind okay. of neck profile which are you know the big yeah. chunky chunky neck profile so only on that basis did I not go for it? Tokai do loads of different love rocks with different neck profiles. Mm. So this one just on the day was for me just kind of like, ah, it's a shame. It's a beautiful guitar. It sounds, sounded incredible. It sounded better than the Gibson. The pickups in it were livelier. It had more bite to it. It was more yeah. airy. It sounded better than the Gibson. Um, it, its neck profile was more of a 58 neck profile. And for me, that was just not, not not ideal for a, for a gigging instrument, but yeah. stunning, absolutely stunning. Wow. So it, just validation for me that you know I love Gibsons. I've got a bunch of them. They're great guitars, mm. but look at other manufacturers. And if you want to get a Les Paul, the Tokai is it, it, the headstock shape is the same, identical. Mm. All the specs are exactly the same. It, it looks and plays better than a Gibson. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I mean, I, I, I think those Tokai's are fantastic, and um, certainly, you know, you can't argue with the value for money that you get with them. And you know, even, even like, you know, a brand new Japanese-made Love Rock is going to be going for, you know, what fifteen hundred quid at the most, something like that. Still, a serious saving mm. on mm. on an equivalent US-made Gibson mm. model. Um, do you know what the other thing I must say as well mm. is? One of the things I want to do the next time I get the chance to go to a guitar store and spend a bit of time is I want to try out um, just the latest stuff from Epiphone because I just keep hearing just amazing mm. things about their guitars over the last couple of years. They've really raised their game. Yeah. You know, I was watching a video recently. Yeah. Um, one of the guys on YouTube I follow quite a lot, Retschel, um, you know, from Atlanta in USA. He oh, does yeah. some good yeah. good videos. Yeah, yeah, I watch a lot of his stuff. <clears throat> yeah, he does some really, really good content, and I like him as a guitarist as well. I think he's a, he's a good guitarist, you know. Um, he did a video recently where he did a shootout of six Les Pauls, um, and it was the – it started yeah. with the Epiphone standard, then it was like the, uh, the, the Gibson – classic so like the bottom of the range gibson and then the gibson studio and then yeah. all the way up through to like a you know custom shop you know um a nine type yeah. thing um and the one thing that that, yeah. that i think blew him away the most was the quality of the epiphone you know um and i think largely wow. down to the fact that that you you know when you buy an epiphone now you're getting proper cts pots you're getting burst booker pickups you're getting us mm-hmm. gibson quality hardware built into that instrument um and they're just making such fantastic guitars now um i think if i wanted a les paul or a 335 i'm looking through uh i probably i probably go with an epiphone or a tokai quite frankly I saw one. I saw one. I'm looking now in um, this copy of Guitar Magazine somewhere that I've got in front of me. Um, and I saw a 335 Epiphone 
advertised. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's got you written all over it. I'm trying to flick through the, <laughs> through the magazine now and see if I can find it for you. But I was like, oh, Matt needs needs that in his in his, yeah. his world. I'll try and I'll try and find it and send you over a picture. But it was a it was an absolutely stunning, stunning looking guitar. Yeah. Anyway, I'll find a picture of it and send it to you, and we can we can we can go and try one of these and see. See yeah, I'd love to try out some of those. I mean, especially like the three three fives, the Epiphones are doing at the moment. They're supposed to be fantastic. Like the figured yeah. one, the figured yeah. maple one, inspired yeah. by Gibson range, is meant to be utterly superb, and they're just punching well above their weight at yeah. the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. So you had those. You had those. Um, um, actually, now wow, well, you've raised a good point there. You're just looking through the guitar magazines. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I had a rant to you as well <laughs> before the podcast, didn't I? While I've got while I've got the guitar magazines open in front of me, so um, I I haven't bought guitar magazines for years um, since the advent of the internet, uh, and uh, an offer came up online somewhere that that was just like subscribe now and basically you'll get like six issues for basically like a pound each or something. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, actually, that's pretty good value because they're retailing for like six pounds fifty. So what's that like eight eight bucks or something per magazine? Yeah, I'm nice, like, that's quite that's quite a lot. So I wouldn't normally go and buy that, but so I ended up subscribing to Guitarist and uh, Total Guitar um, mm. for like six months basically, and it cost me like I don't know. 12 quid or something like that for like, I haven't even had time to sit down and read them mate but look there's a stack look at that all these brand new guitar yeah it's brilliant there's so much stuff I mean considering I'm uh, on a guitar guitar podcast I should really sit down and read some of these and, um, and, and, and and share some nuggets with our listeners which actually to be fair I have I have flicked through some yeah. of these and had a look but and um, and read them but just finding time isn't it yeah. anyway one observation they're still beautiful to look at they're still incredible photography in them and they're nice to just chuck in chuck in the work bag if you're sitting on a train or something like that and have a bit of a read um mm. so you know credit credit to guitarists and total guitar you're still producing great magazines do they still have the same magic to me that they did when i was a young kid when i used mm. to pour through these and read read the same epi- edition like five times you know no not my life's too complex now to, to do that it's more about flicking and skimming through them and, and having a bit of a read rather than devouring every yeah. page and <laughs> hanging on their every word i just don't i'm, I'm just too 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 um short with the attention span but so really beautiful i mean look at this one latest latest edition of guitarist issue 492 um 70 years of the Les Paul, right? Beautiful burst on the front. Look at, Look that. at that. That is stunning. Just absolutely incredible, right? And on the inside, I must say, they have done, and I haven't sat down to read this yet. This is one of my little guilty pleasures that I'll do when I can steal a moment this weekend with a glass of something nice. They've got a full, like, I don't know, it must be like 15-odd pages, which is the entire history of the Les Paul with different pictures. Yeah. You know, double-page spreads on all the gold bursts, the Black Beauty stuff, particular models. So, I mean, I know I've got books on Les Pauls anyway, so... But it's just nice that they've gone into this level of nerdery yeah. and depth. Yeah, uh, And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn some stuff from that that I didn't know. And you know, it goes on for pages and pages and pages, all about the Les Paul. So if you're into Les Pauls, there you go. Um, 
One of the observations, though, <laughs> I don't know what you think of this. <laughs> right. Like, I, and I've, I've sense checked this this morning. Okay. Right. So there's a stack. Of, you've, you've just seen, our listeners haven't, but there's a stack about, I don't know, half a foot high of these guitar magazines, right? Mm, mm. And I've gone through and checked. Like, they, you know, they do these reviews of gear. That is basically what a guitar magazine yeah. is, right? And then they critique them and they go in depth about the fit and the finish and the sound and, you know, other models available and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And, and, it, and I kind of thought, I feel like I'm in constant deja vu, deja vu reading these um, reviews. Mm. Because everything gets either an eight or a nine or a 10 out of 10. And, uh, and a guitarist choice stamp next to the review. And I thought, well, that can't be, that can't be possible, surely. There must be more kind of subjective They're not being reviewing. critical enough, then. Well, they're not being critical at all. Oh, or at least not. the scores okay. they're giving are completely... So, so here's, here's an example for you, right? So they've just, just reviewed the latest Gibson Les Paul standard, Faded. Have you seen these ones that have just come out? No, I haven't, actually. So this is another one of guitars that got away from me. Back in like 2005, when I had no money, right. um, Gibson produced a run of Les Pauls, which were uh, satin finished, so not high gloss. Oh, yeah. I remember but kind those. Of had, do you remember those? They have beautiful so, yeah. finishes. Yeah. Really, they also really did one that was like called uh, like a, a Gibson Les Paul, like around the same time, I think it was called like a BFG. Or something like that. That was like, yes, is that right? Yes. Was that a bit like a, a bit more of a hard rock version? But it was like unfinished it, or satin from finished. that era. The BFG was, yeah, right, BFG. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they also did a kind of run of just faded ones, right? Which were very yeah. popular. But they only did them as a short run for like that year or something, right. and they were really well priced. They were really, really competitively priced as well. Um, like probably like just only a little bit more money than like a studio. That's uh, cool. Got so they were, they, were, they were bang for buck. Anyway, Gibson, um, as you well know and, and love, Matt, them living off their past glory days and simply churning out the same guitar time and time again and, <laughs> and, and remarketing it, uh, have, re- have reissued the, uh, the faded uh, Les Pauls now. So they got, they got um, it's only available in two, two finishes, in a 50s, 50s version or a, or a 60s one okay. so and they've done and they've done an SG as well right okay. so so there you go you can get the you can get a, a 50s uh, one um, in a kind of honeyburst finish okay. or you can have a 60s 60s spec one in a in a kind of almost weird neon cherry sunburst color you can't see it on there but it's a very strange looking cherry finish yeah. and an SG anyway good good old good guitars by the looks of it um, like, but still stupidly expensive, over two thousand pounds, two thousand one hundred and sixty-nine pounds. Considering what? it's not had a gloss, yeah, it's really expensive, isn't it? For for a, for a basically a a guitar that's clearly been pulled off the the run halfway through the finishing process, if that, yeah, and, I was just going to say, sent, sent to assembly. So. <laughs> Guitarist magazine opinion of these. Mm-hmm. Um, they're giving them eight, 8 out of 10, by the way, for the Les Pauls, which is, to me, when somebody says 8 out of 10, I'm like, that's a pretty that's a decent pretty, guitar. Yeah, exactly. I, you I know, agree. that's like, holy shit. 8 yeah. out of 10? Yeah. All right. So pros for these are, let's start with the 50s one. The pros, the 50s one has an excellent build, vibrant raw voicing, and a good weight. Cool. That's what they like about it. Cons. It's only available in one color. 
Uh, and when you read the details of the review, and they've mentioned it in this summary, the binding f- is, feels rough and unfinished with sharp edging. You go, you go, what? That's weird. Okay. And then on the 60s one, uh, they've said, um, like the 50s one, this has got good voicing and good build quality, slimmer neck profile here. That's what you'd expect for a 60s one. Um, but it's heavier. It's much heavier than the 50s one, which is weird. And, and they've also put binding feels, feels unfinished. So how can you pay 2,000 odd pounds for, for a guitar where the binding feels sharp and Fretens feels sharp. I mean, yeah. you, you, that, that is astonishing. That's not acceptable. I'd be taken back. Well, it's, it's not an 8 out of 10 guitar, is it? It definitely isn't an 8 out of 10 guitar. <laughs> anyway, rant, rant over. But yeah, I just think the journalistic bias in these guitar magazines for the scores they give is ridiculous. Mm. Everything gets an 8 or 9 out of 10. Most things get a guitarist choice stamp of, 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 of approval. And you go, well, if everything gets that, where is actually the stuff well, that you Well, you can almost guarantee if it wasn't a Gibson... That, and it was something like an Eastman, you know, something like that, that they'd be more critical about those things that they've pointed out in the cons, you know, about like the fret ends and, and stuff mm. like that. And they'd probably mark it down more. But I think, I think Gibson, the brand gets away with a lot. I think it gets away with a lot these days and has done for some time now, simply because the, you know, I, I said this before, people seem to have a romance about Gibson as a brand because of what, you know, when you think of vintage guitars, you know, it's all Gibson pretty much, Gibson Fender, but it's, you know, the the old Les Pauls, the old ES-335s, those are the most desirable things in vintage guitars. And I think I've always said, you know, Mm. Gibson knows that. And I think they resent the fact that, they can't make any money off the vintage market. They they could only make money off stuff they build now, and I think they're they're still they're mm. clinging on all the time. Everything they make is always in some way trying to market it towards what it used to be. Like these new ones you just mentioned, mm. standard fifties faded, standard sixties faded. It's all about whether it's a fifties or mm. a sixties style Les Paul. But that's sixty mm. years ago. You know, I, I don't understand. I really, you know, I don't understand why they haven't tried to. Well, and then again, it, it's they're also restricted by what the following is like because when they tried to do robot well, tuners and you know and Floyd Rose, <laughs> Les Pauls, you know, they nearly got <laughs> lynched. <laughs> but still, I'm, you, you I'm you still on the search for robot tuners for your iPhone. <laughs> I would have them today if if somebody could tell would me you? where I could get a set of robot tuners that are compatible with an Epiphone Les Paul. I'd have them today. I honestly would. What, why would anybody not want a machine that tunes their guitar perfectly for them all the time? Uh, the, you know, why would anybody not want that? It's it's a modern, you know, it's just, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. You know, Van Halen had a switch on his guitar that, that quickly tuned his E string down to D. You know, that's yeah. not a million miles away from the same kind of innovation. You know, if you had something like that on a Les Paul, people would go crazy. It's the guitar and the people that like the guitar that are the problem for robot tuners, not the robot that's, tuners that's, themselves. I'm definitely in that camp, Ben, because that, that was just shocking, shocking <laughs> behaviour. <laughs> the worst thing that they ever did. I'm looking now for you. I'm, I'm looking to see where, where we can get you some of these. <laughs> maybe maybe once we experience and They're going used on eBay for 99 quid. Mm. There you go. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think I can do better than that. £99, <laughs> yeah, just over 100 bucks. You can get a used a used set, which is clearly somebody that's bought them yeah. on Gibson and taken them straight off and gone, get, get off. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, look, I don't think this is a Gibson bashing thing, in my opinion. This is a good... <laughs> So it is me bashing Guitarist magazine though for literally well, giving true. everything yeah. like a high review. Where where's the subjectivity? <clears throat> well, and not all not all publications do that. No, you're right. And I've always thought that Guitarist magazine had had a element of cork sniffery about it. You know, like um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and for those who yeah. are, you know, I don't know if everyone who's listening understands what cork sniffing means, but it really means about you know people who. Who put less importance in the finer details of things that really don't actually matter? Things that may, yeah. you know, that, that really don't affect the, the the you know the the experience of something, but the, but they really believe it does, you know. And I I really you know I think there's a lot of that in 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 the industry. I think there's a lot of that in guitar journalism. A lot of people that would say, you know, hmm, I prefer the sound of a of a slab board, you know, rosewood strat over a laminate, laminate board, and 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 that's cork sniffery because it's nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense. You think you can hear the difference in a guitar that has a slab board and a and a laminate board? The the that's just two guitars that sound slightly different. That's not you know you just mm. you're imparting importance on something that's really not important. You know, um, yeah. to Leo Fender, yeah. it's just it was just a cheaper way of laminate of putting rosewood on a board was to laminate it rather than to put a, do a slab because that was less wood. You know, it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's too much cost. So one of, one of the magazines I often read as well is uh, what Hi-Fi magazine. Yeah, and and in terms of an, uh, a genre of, of stuff like which is rife for what you call. Sniffery, what I call snake oil, right? These magic ingredients <laughs> yes. that are all, all of a sudden going to be worth paying for, but really, it's just it's just non- nonsense. Like that, the audiophile hi-fi realm is like rife with that, right? You know, mm. pay pay thousands of pounds for this, you know, gold-plated angel hair, you know, interconnect that's going to make your stereo system sound, you know, more lifelike and vibrant and punchy than. Than this other cable costing yeah. half that money. It's all it all gets a little bit silly. Um which I completely subscribe into, of course, because I'm on a constant quest for tone in, <laughs> in every aspect of my life. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't get me wrong, my hi-fi is full of ridiculous interconnects that, that are probably snake oil. But that said, when I read what hi-fi magazine, they're they they've got their kind of rating system of stars. So it's all out of five. Mm. I'll quite happily give products one or two stars out of five and say it sounds terrible or it's not great or yeah. didn't recommend it or it's this or it's that. And they'll endorse products that are five stars. But to get a five star, you've got to be a genuinely good product. <clears throat> and I must say, credit, credit to that publication. I know it's not a guitar-related thing, but that's an example of where a magazine that's been going for a long time, I can pick that up and read mm-hmm. through it and I can go, okay, well, look, it may not work in my exact setting and my mileage may vary but at least these guys are applying a degree of complete subject well not their complete kind of uh, opinion to to the scores that they give and telling you why they've given it that score whereas i read three guitarist magazine and i've got no clue as to whether it's going to be something that's good or not because everything gets eight out of ten or, or, or nine out of ten so yeah you know, go figure anyway anyway 
I think I've I, I've been I've, I've been a bit ranty today. Maybe not ranty. I don't, I don't think you've been yeah. ranty. I think you know what you've just been expressing your experiences over the last few weeks, and unfortunately, not all of them have been yeah. positive. That's what. That's the way yeah, I right, got right. it, mate. You know, it's not. It's I've not complained about like Guitarist my, magazine. <laughs> how do you like my? I've my complained Murphy about Gibson from years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that know, was a whole episode of ranty. That was a whole episode of ranty. Oh yeah. dear, oh, I'm, I'm not the Silver Sky. I, I think I need to go and go. And, Go and take some happy happy pills or something. Yeah. It's, it's cold and miserable here in the UK at the moment. Yeah. But genuinely, I'm in a good mood. Um, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to. Looking forward to Black Friday. Seeing if there's any bargains there's out there that bargains. can be that can be grabbed. Maybe there will be. Maybe there will. There usually are. Maybe somebody somewhere will be selling a a court. You know. Uh, Xenox Z42 on a nice Black Friday deal. You know, you just need yeah, to keep your eye yeah. out, Kieran. <laughs> well, I'm already in, in end-stage negotiations on a guitar off eBay at the oh, moment. Oh, really? Which uh, is, like, I don't know whether I should just press the button and buy it, but <laughs> by everything that the guy said in his description, it looks perfect, it looks okay. right. Um, he's got incredibly high reviewers. He's a UK-based seller, you know. So same, same, same rough geography. The price is good. The guitar is one that I've been after for a very long time. Okay. The price is sensible, but the pictures he's got of it are, are, are just a bit, a bit rubbish. So I've said, "Can you just send me through some better quality pictures?" So we've had lots of exchanges, and he's going to get me these better quality pictures, and we're going to go from there. But it's kind of like, oh. Come on, man! Send me through the better quality pictures. If the pictures stack up to the description, I'm all over it. But it's but it's it's not it's not an insignificant amount of money. So I want to make sure that it is what it is. But you know, there we go. Well, I'm assuming then all will be revealed at some point, or not. All, all will be revealed, of course, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Tune in Tune next in. week to see whether yeah. Kieran bought another guitar and whether it was a mistake or one that got away because he was being silly and waiting for pictures. And the guy sold it to someone else while he was procrastinating, waiting That's for a higher doing, risk picture. It? This is what you're doing. You're trying to make up for not buying that court. Oh, definitely. Yeah. This is it is this is a rebound yeah. guitar, isn't it? This is what this it is. Could, this is like it could a, be. It could be. Yeah. It could be. It will be a great rebound guitar. Um, <laughs> because I have been after one of these for a long time, but the uh, the search to get okay. uh, the search in finding it was only driven by losing that court guitar which I've now promised Guitar Smarts listeners that I've got to go and find anyway so I'm going to end up with two guitars oh no what a shame (laughs) (laughs) or lose them both let's see what happens let's see what happens Right, I know well, what I'm doing after this man. call, though. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm going on. I'm going on guitar safari again, virtual. Yeah, virtual absolutely. Well, enjoy it, buddy. I hope uh, good luck with your negotiations on that guitar and uh, another cracking week, another conversation that I very much enjoyed. It's been great hearing your uh, stories of your guitar store visits and things like that. Um, I've, I feel like I've lived vicariously through you, so thank you. For that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Cool. Plans? Any plans for the week? Gigs coming up before we, uh, before we close it off? Uh, gig next weekend. No gigs this weekend. Had a gig last weekend. So yeah, yeah. Uh, weekend off this weekend. Do some family stuff. Try out this new pedal, uh, the nineteen ninety one, the bash, and um, 
yeah, maybe get to a guitar score and rectify the world opinion of the Silver Sky. And uh, that's pretty much it, mate. Just a chilled one. Fantastic. How about you? You're gigging this weekend? No gigging. I have no gigs in the diary for me, uh, but I have got family down from up north this weekend, which is going to be lovely. So yeah. just chilling out, spent right. family time this weekend, and, uh, and just do a bit right. of relaxing. And um, yeah, that's yeah. it for me. All right. All right, buddy. Nice one, buddy. Right, catch up soon. Have a cracking week, mate, and I will speak to you soon. Cheers, pal. All the best, bud. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, then remember there are 66 other episodes going back almost two years that you can check out where we talk about things like how to set up your guitar, the best budget guitar amps, music theory, or even a Guitar Smarts pub quiz. Go and enjoy them. Anyway, best wishes. See you next time on the Guitar Smarts podcast. Guitar Smarts.